Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, Give to him who asks of you. So let's say you're the pastor of a church and periodically uh, somebody comes into your church with alcohol on their breath and, Pastor, would you give me money so I can feed my children? You give them money. Or let's say um, your daughter's on drugs and she spends a lot of money on drugs, but for the 15th time she's come to ask you for money so they won't turn off her electricity. Do you give her money? Well, we're going to try to deal with some of these issues. Let's pray. Father, we do want to pray that each of us will be joyous, generous givers to you and to the poor and to the salvation of the lost, to the missionaries. But Lord, we want to pray that you give us wisdom to know when to give, where to give, and that you would speak to us now. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. A borrower nor a lender be. You've heard that old proverb. Do you know what, what book of the Bible that's from? The answer is, it's not in the Bible. In fact, the Bible teaches the opposite. The Bible says lend. Listen to this from Deuteronomy chapter 15. You shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him, lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. You shall give to him freely, and your heart shall not be begrudging when you give to him, because for this the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you undertake. You shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy, and to the poor in the land. Same thing is taught in Psalm 37. Quote, the righteous is generous and gives. He is ever giving liberally and lending, and his children become a blessing. Those are Old Testament verses. How about the new? Luke chapter 6, Jesus said, Love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, for you will be sons of the Most High, for he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil, evil men. And our, our verse for today is this one from Matthew 5. If anyone should sue you and take your coat, let him have your cloak as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to him who asks of you, and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from, for you, from you. And the question we're going to ask right now is, always? Do we always give to people who ask of us? Well, some Christians would say yes. And if somebody takes advantage of me, that's their problem. But my job as a Christian is to always give. I disagree with that. St. Augustine, writing back in the 400s, said this about Christ's Christ verse here. We are not told here in, in uh, Matthew 5 to give everything that is asked for, but to everyone who asks. We may give him a wholesome word, or we may pray for him. Christ did not consent when he was asked to interfere about the inheritance but gave a wholesome rebuke and warning instead. Do you remember that story? The man comes up, Jesus, make my brother divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus says, no, and he warned him, warned him about greediness. So we do give to everyone who asks, but not necessarily what they ask for. <laughs> um, 
you know, I, I asked some man, if somebody came up to you with booze on their breath, wanting money, would you give them money? Because they're hungry, they say. I, he said, no, but I'd maybe take them to McDonald's and hand them some food. <laughs> so, again, we are to give to everyone, but not necessarily what they ask for. I mean, if, you're, if your child says, Daddy, can I have some arsenic to eat? Of course you'd tell them no. And, and if some daughter wants money so she can continue her drug habit, you have the right to tell her no. I want to show you now that the apostles also made distinctions on who they gave money to. This is from 2 Thessalonians 3. My mom didn't know many Bible verses, but she quoted this one to my lazy brother and I growing up more than once. Quote, if anyone will not work, neither let him eat. For we hear that there are some of you living in idleness, mere busybodies, not doing any work. Now such persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work in quietness and to earn their own living. So somebody comes to the church and says, well, Pastor, I need money. I need gas money so I can go visit my family in Duluth. Well, he that does not work, neither let him eat, says my mother in this verse, 2 Thessalonians 3. Well, sir, would you be willing to do a couple hours of work around the church here, help us clean, and, and then we'll give you some money? And I can tell you this, as a pastor, the answer is almost always, well, thank you, pastor, I need to be going. <laughs> um, he that does not work, neither let him eat. Also, in Acts chapter 3, a, a, a begging, lame man says to Peter and John, can I have some money? And Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the guy gets up and walks. Peter could have gone back to the church treasury and gotten him money. Instead, he gave him something better, his legs. So again, we do give to everyone, but not necessarily what they asked for. 1 Timothy 5, if you read verses 3 through 16, Paul says, just enroll the older widows. In other words, only they get the money. If you look at who they give money to in the early church, it was kind of strict. My point is, the apostles didn't just hand out money. So let's sum this up. Jesus said, give to whoever asks of you. And the question is, always? And I think the answer is, generally, overwhelmingly, I hope you're generous to people, to the poor. I hope you give to your church. I hope you give to missionaries to spread the gospel. I hope you help persecuted Christians overseas. Go to persecution.org. Give money to help the persecuted over the... I hope you're very generous. But sometimes even Jesus said no when he got a request. The apostles made distinctions. And so you're not being evil sometimes by saying no to a request. All right, the second half of the sermon now, I just want to share with you what is the Bible's advice about money? You and your money, what would the Bible say? Please hear these out. Number one, be content with the basics. Hebrews 13 says, keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have, for God has said, I will never fail you nor forsake you. Paul the Apostle writes the same thing to young Timothy, 1 Timothy 6. We brought nothing into the world. We cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we shall be content. I was raised in an up, we weren't rich, but we were kind of upper middle class at a nice big house in Omaha. When I went to college, I left this nice big house. And for the next four years, I lived in a small dorm room uh, for a couple of those years with somebody else. And you know what I discovered? I was fine. Then I went to seminary, and for three years again, I was in one dorm room. I was fine. 
I, here's an older Christian woman who has to move out of her house into a small senior's apartment. I said to her, how you're doing with this? And she said, it's fine. <laughs> Be content with the basics. Sometimes just having the basics is more fun than having a lot. I, I, I knew a man by the name of Olaf. He had a cabin up north. One day an arsonist broke into his cabin and burnt it to the ground. And you know what Olaf said? Best day of my life. I don't have to go up there and fix the windows and mow the lawn. <laughs> Sometimes the basics are the best. Nothing's wrong with having a cabin up north. I'm not saying that. But I don't even want one because of all the work. Who wants to do all that extra work? Um, next, next point about possessions in the Bible. When God says, let go, let go, if you sense God is telling you to sell some money and give it to the missionaries, let go and do it. Remember the old Jack Benny joke, Jack Benny, the king of cheap? The, the joke is that a thief comes and puts a gun in, in his face. Your money or your life? Jack Benny doesn't say anything. I say your money or your life. And Jack Benny says, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Well, the point is, don't be Jack Benny. When God tells you to give something up, give it up, and you'll be blessed for giving it up. You'll be hurt if you keep it. I get this from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 34. Listen to this verse. You joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Here's what was happening in that verse. The ancient Romans were telling the, the Christians here, we're going to seize your property unless you bow the knee to Caesar and stop worshiping Christ. And the early Christians said, okay, take my property, but you should see the property I've got coming. They were willing to let go of their possession. You know, um, you've heard of John, John Newton, the, or at least you've heard Amazing Grace. He wrote Amazing Grace back in the 1700s. He was a slave trader who got converted and eventually became a pastor and wrote hymns. John Newton told this story in a sermon. Here's a man who inherits a huge mansion in London. So he gets in his carriage and he leaves for London. But one mile before the gate of his mansion, his carriage breaks down. So he has to walk the last mile. And the whole last mile, the man cries, my carriage is broken, my carriage is broken. And John Newton says, don't do that. Christian, we've got this huge mansion coming. If God tells you to give something up in this life, give it up and don't, don't complain about it. Think of what you've got coming. That's Hebrews. You joyfully gave up your possessions because you knew you had a better possession and an abiding one. Next lesson about giving in the New Testament. Be generous and show you believe God is a big God. This comes from Luke 6. Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. You know, I think we've all felt this, but if I give God a lot of money, for instance... What if there's an emergency, and what if I can't pay my bills, and then in my retirement, what if there's not enough to take care of? You know, I, I know I get those feelings too, but maybe we should say back to that, you know, God, you provided to meet all my needs. If I give you a big gift, regularly give you big gifts, can I trust you to take care of me? Of course I can. You've always taken care of me. You always will. And, and let's show the world by what we do with our money that we believe we have a loving Heavenly Father that takes care of us. <laughs> Next thing about giving. Your attitude matters. 
2 Corinthians 9, Paul writes, Each one of us must do as he has made up his own mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So your attitude in giving matters. Somebody said to the farmer, How much does that cow old Bessie give? How much milk does she give? The farmer said, She doesn't give anything. If I can get two of my hired men to hold her into the corner, I can go and force up a couple uh, quarts out of her, but she doesn't give anything. <laughs> you know, there are Christians like that. You know, they, they'll, they'll only give rarely if they get enough guilt from the pastor. Don't do that. God loves a cheerful giver. You know, here's a, an Indian chief who became a Christian, and he gave a lot of money to the work of the Lord. And one day a missionary who knew about it said to him, Why are you so generous in your giving? And the Indian chief looked at the missionary and said, Ah, you have never been in the darkness, have you? <laughs> See, that's why, we're, that's why we give joy. God has saved us from deception, superstition, hell through Jesus Christ. That's why we give. Your attitude matters in this. Next thing to say about giving, give weekly. It says this in 1 Corinthians 16, on the first day of every week, each of you is to put aside as he may prosper. In other words, you don't wait till the end of the year to see what you've got left over that you can write off on your taxes. You know, sadly, the best giving month of every year for most churches, it's December. That shows no faith. In other words, give God to God every week, trusting that I'm not going to wait to see if I've got left over at the end of the year. I'm going to give every week to the Lord. That's what shows faith. And it says, again, in 1 Corinthians 16, next lesson, each of you is to give. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put aside. In other words, it's not just rich people that should give money to the Lord. Poor people should give money to the Lord. And I, I've been a pastor for over 30 years. You know what I can tell you? Sometimes it's the poor people in the church who are the best givers. I mean, here's a couple that I was talking to and they're having trouble financially scraping by. But he says to me, you know, my wife and I prayed about it. We've decided to sponsor our third child for Compassion International. I think God is pleased with that. Last piece of advice on giving. Give as you prosper. That's what this verse says. Again, we're in 1 Corinthians 16. On the first day of every week, each of one, one of you is to put aside as he may prosper. It doesn't say their tithe. It says the New Testament concept, which is give as you prosper. Now let's talk about tithing. I teach that it's a good thing for you to tithe. That means you take 10% of your money and you give it to the Lord. That's what they did in the Old Testament. And then above the tithe is your offering. I give my tithe to the local church that I'm at, but then my offerings above the 10%, I give to foreign missions, helping the persecuted church wherever I want to give. Um, all right, so I, I preach tithing, though, and so I, a man comes up after church. Well, Pastor Brock, tithing is an Old Testament concept, and we Christians are free from the Old Testament, so we don't have to tithe like they did in the Old Testament. Well, okay, technically he's right. The Old Testament teaches tithing. The New Testament concept is her here in 1 Corinthians 16, give as you prosper. But I said to him, if the Old Testament Jew who knew this much about the love of God, was moved to give 10%. Do you think we New Testament Christians who know now the cross this much about the love of God, will we be moved to give more or less than the Old Testament Jew? Listen, you and I live in America. We're about the most prosperous 
Christians on earth. If we can't tithe, nobody can tithe. Dirt poor Christians in Africa are tithing because they love the Lord. And I encourage you, if 10% of your paycheck doesn't go to the Lord, start and see what God does to bless you. But just do it not to get back, though you will get back. But don't do it. Do it because we were in the darkness and he saved us. Let me just sum it up. Here is what we have taught about giving. Number one, be content with the basics. Number two, when God says let go, let go. Number three, be generous and show that you believe your God is a big God. Number four, your attitude matters. Number five, give weekly. Number six, each of you is to give regardless of your income. And number seven, give as you prosper. And the Bible does teach when you follow God in that, watch what happens. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us not only his knowledge of scripture, but his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Lord, the Bible, and our everyday walk with Christ. So today, Tom, as long as we've talked about giving in that, I got some questions about that. Is it okay if we tithe time instead of money? Yeah, in other words, Instead of giving 10% of my paycheck to the Lord, can I just give 10 hours a week to the Lord? How about both? You know, I think every Christian is to do both. We're supposed to use our free time to in some way serve the Lord, and we're to use our money to serve the Lord. I wouldn't want to use the fact that I'm volunteering for something be an excuse for me not also to give healthy to the missions of the church. Okay. Does God promise to give us more back if we give to him? Well, Jesus did say, give and it shall be given to you. Pressed down, you know, overflowing will be poured into your lap. So there is a principle that you cannot, out, you cannot outgive God. And if you give generously, you're going to reap generously. Now, what I don't like by some of the TV evangelists, it's, you know, I saw, Jackie, I saw a TV evangelist that made my blood boil a couple of days ago. He's talking about his, what, $4 million jet that he's buying because I, I don't, you know, my God is a big, it was just evil. It was evil, Jackie. And I think God is pleased when we make a lot of money and send buckets to missionaries and not, send it, not spend it on some evangelist jet so that he can, I mean, it was evil. And so just, you know, uh, yes, God does bless us when we give, but um, just be careful of some of the TV evangelists. Ugh. I'd love to tell you who he was. But people <laughs> give to that person, uh, too, and they're, they're misled. Yes, they are. And, I mean, I guess as long as we're talking about that, like the prosperity ministry, well, that's what so he is. much of, 
of that is on the air today, and people are listening to it. What do you say to people? I say, I say, don't give money to that. I mean, this, this, you know what this evangelist said? He, he has this gazillion dollar car because, you know, God told me, I don't want you to park a junker car in front of, in front of the church because that makes me look bad. I want you to, I'm thinking, where, and, and he said, we got to get, get away from this teaching that Jesus was poor. Well, Jesus was poor. How much money do you think Jesus had when he died on the cross? He was born in a manger because his parents were poor. And, and I, just, I, I just, I haven't seen a sermon I got so irked about. So when, when people give money, you give money to our ministry or any ministry, check it out first. It's not going to go to my jet, I'll tell you. And, and just make sure you check things out. So, Tom, does God expect, you talked about poor people. Yeah. Does God expect the poor people to give money too? He does. And like I said, Jackie, sometimes the best givers in the church are poor people. And sometimes the worst givers in the church are the rich people. <laughs> you know, Jackie, I, I, my dad ran the race, racetrack in Omaha. So I was an usher at the racetrack when I was a teenager. And I had the expensive boxes where the rich people would sit. And you know what I learned? Some of the richest people wouldn't tip you anything. And some of the people that didn't have much, they were good tippers. <laughs> so that more of this is an attitude than anything. I think sometimes people who have had to do without like to feel that they're helping someone yeah. else that yeah. is in that position, though. Mm -hmm. I guess my next question, Tom, would be, should my tithe go to my home church, or should it be... Um, part of foreign missions? Mm -hmm. Again, the tithe is taking 10% of your income and giving it to the Lord. And this is not a biblical answer. It's just a general principle that I think is a good one. <clears throat> I didn't come up with this. I think your tithe should go to your local church. It's where you're being fed. If you go to a church and you're taking advantage of the preaching, of the lighting, of the rooms, of the well, everything going on, I think your 10% should go to your home church. Some of that home church money will go to foreign missions because most churches support foreign missions. Though that's your tithe. Above and beyond the tithe is what's called the offering, where you just, whenever you feel so led, you give more than your 10% to wherever. And my offering goes to missionaries overseas, Camp, uh, Campus Crusade for Christ. It goes to um, helping persecution.org. That's a great website where your money goes to help persecuted Christians overseas who are dying at the hands of Muslim uh, 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 extremists. So um, that that's uh, those are all again the principle: tithe goes to your church, offerings go anywhere. <clears throat> okay, you know we were talking about this guy with the jet and everything and that. Do you know of some really good Christian ministries that mm -hmm. are upright mm -hmm. with their money yes. that people should maybe consider if they're looking for a place to do an offering? I sure do. I, I think that, uh, like I just said, it's, it's a group called International Christians Concerned. You just Google persecution.org. That's where some of my money goes. It helps persecuted Christians overseas. There's one wonderful ministry. Another wonderful ministry is Samaritan's Purse, run by Billy Graham's son, Franklin Graham. They help, I mean, it, what's good about them, they'll go to people that have been hurt by hurricanes or floods or disasters or plagues, and they'll help them monetarily, and they'll preach the gospel at the same time. 
I don't want to give my money just to help somebody. I want to help them eternally as well and make sure that they're hearing the gospel as well. So Samaritan's Purse I like a lot. I like uh, persecution.org. There's tons of good Christian missionaries. Okay, how can a person tell if a plea from like one of those TV evangelists is real or a sham? Yeah. I mean, is there, is there things you should yes. be listening for? One way you can tell, are they a member of the ECFA, the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability? This, these are uh, evangelical ministries that are under the umbrella of this group and they're watchdogs to make sure the $100 you send in actually goes to the mission and not to somebody's jet. And I will guarantee you, Jackie, the guy I was watching on TV is not a member of the ECFA. He may be one of those five or six that was under investigation by Congress a couple of years ago. So I make sure that it's got ECFA. Now, there, like, for instance, we're, we don't have ECFA because you have to pay a fair amount of money to get that. We're really a shoestring ministry, the pastor study, so we're not on it, but we're upright. And, uh, and, and, but so there are groups that, that don't pay the money for that, so just check out, ask questions, etc. Yeah. And if people have any questions before they want to support our ministry, you'd be glad to I answer would. them they, they for They can it. call our phone number. You <laughs> right. <bet. laughs> you can go to our website and you'll find all the information yeah. you need, right? There you go. Okay. Um, a Christian woman I know is talking about leaving her inheritance to a hospital, mm -hmm. a secular hospital. Mm -hmm. Is there something wrong with that? Mm -hmm. You know, no. Or anything wrong I mean, with I that? mean, here's a woman I know, and she's going to leave her inheritance to a secular hospital to help children. That's fine. Nothing's wrong with it. I've been praying on whether I should talk with her. You know, why not give it to, give it to a Christian hospital or some Christian mission that won't only help the children, but will also clearly share the gospel with the children? Because the hospital she's thinking of doing it to, they don't do that there. So if you got the choice, why not also make it Christian? So that would be your answer to her? Yeah, okay. yeah, I would. So one last question. Mm -hmm. Is it wrong for someone to have a lot of money in the bank? Uh, we got 42 seconds. <laughs> I think it, nothing's wrong with saving and with providing for yourself and your family. I think hoarding is wrong. I think a lot of Christians hoard when they should be giving money to the work of the kingdom. And I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good answer. Mm -hmm. Okay, we thank you for being with us this week. And if you want to know more about the pastor's study, there's our website. Go on and check it out, and you'll find out how you can help support this ministry, or you can leave us a question. And we just want to thank you for being so faithful to watch us and be with us. And God bless until we're together again next time. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. <laughs>